0: Tonight, the title of our lesson is Praying to God for Their Sanctification. We understand the word praying to God for their, all those we understand. The word sanctification is a common word, but you might not know exactly what it means. It means to to be set apart. And the moment that you repent and believe in Jesus Christ, you are positionally set apart you are no longer a slave to sin, you are no longer an uh, an alien to God, you are no longer hostile to him, you are in his family. But there's also a progressive sanctification where we grow more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, he's writing to these believers, and he is letting them know that he is praying for them. And what is he praying for them? Well, he's not praying for that test that's coming up and he's not praying for that sick cat they have and they're not praying for those kind of surface level type of things he's jumping into the deep end of prayer and he's praying for their sanctification now sanctified from what set apart from the world set apart from the schemes of the devil set apart from our own sin And so that we may be more and more like Christ and we may be more and more comforted by his love as being part of his family. At the top of that handout I gave you is just a a brief overview of what we've covered so far. And it says, number one, our position in Christ, chapters one through three. And this concludes chapter three tonight. And that's what it is. The book is really easy to divide. Okay, chapters one through three are our position in Christ, uh, and then chapters four through six are our practice in Christ. The subpoints when we look at our position in Christ, we saw the prologue, which is the introduction. We then saw that Paul was praising God for their position, giving thanks to God for saving them, for choosing them, and then he, the first time, prays for them, says praying to God. For their enlightenment. And you know me, I worked really hard to find a good E word that worked tonight. Because this is the second time that he's prayed for them. And what's really cool is you get insight into how the Apostle Paul prays. And there's a lot we can learn by reading his prayer life. But his first prayer in chapter 1 verses 15 through 23, he was praying for enlightenment. Specifically for thanksgiving and that they would have revelation and wisdom. Not like thanksgiving with turkey and cranberry and that stuff. But being thankful for them. Now, the last part of this section, he's praying to God for their sanctification. But in between those two things, we were picturing God's work of salvation. We were placing the Gentiles in the eternal plan of God. And we are positioning Paul in the eternal plan of God. And so what's really cool how this unfolds, Paul is going to take time and he's going to pray that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened. He's not just praying it, he's then going to write so that they may understand about salvation, about their place in Christ. All of this wonderful knowledge, he doesn't just pray for them, he then tells them what they need to know. And so here, he does the same thing. He's praying for their sanctification, and then starting in chapter 4, verse 1, what's he going to start writing them about? Their sanctification. So his prayer before set the foundation for what he was going to write after that. Well, here, he's praying again, and he's setting the stage for chapters 4, 5, and 6, where he's talking about their practice in Christ, their sanctification. Our lesson for tonight has three outline points. The first one would be Paul's respect for the Father. And I gave you most of it there, okay? I I left a a little bit of room for you to write things. But Paul's respect for the Father. And we see that in verses 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Now, that word bow, don't let it be lost on you. He positions himself in a place of submission to God. And you can think of your own prayer life. There are certain times when you pray, if you pray in a a room that's loud or there's a lot of people or whatever it might be, you're easily what? You're easily distracted. And we always encourage you to close your eyes when we pray, because if you don't, what do you end up doing? Looking around at everybody else. All right, you always have that middle schooler that'll be like, "Um, he didn't close his eyes when he prayed. And I say, well, how do you know? I'm gonna take that comment back, all right? But here Paul is in a position where he's bowing down to the Father out of respect. And he calls him Father, calls him Father. He is God the Father, this position of authority and respect. And he goes on to say, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. Look, God is the owner of everything, and everyone comes from God, and everything's a part of God's plan. And so Paul is going to take time. He's going to bow his knee before the Father. He's going to give him the proper respect that he is due. And then secondly, we are going to, and this is the bulk of our lesson, we are going to see Paul's requests of the Father. Paul's request of the father. And you can think not your own self, right? You might know those friends or those friends of friends that they go to their dad and they ask for something and they're like, hey, dad, give me this, all right? And you're like, oh, that's so disgusting. I I would never ask so bluntly, all right? You go, dearest father, mayest I please borrow the vehicle, all right? Just that, that respect that you have, right? Paul goes to his father out of the utmost respect And in that, he is showing his adoration of the Father, and then he starts asking him for things. And these things are not just for Paul. And so we pause for a moment, and you say, I already know where Justin's going with this. He is going to encourage me to use Paul's prayer as a foundation for my prayer life. And I think of my prayer life, and what do I pray for? I pray for me. Paul, it's okay to pray for yourself, but Paul here definitely prays for others. All right, when we did our book club this past summer, we did Praying Through the Bible by Don Whitney. And this is one of those passages that we looked at. And uh, I encourage you to learn a lot of how Paul structures his prayer. And what he asked for, all right? There are three requests that Paul has, and I went ahead and I wrote them down for you, all right? It says, number one, that God would grant them strength. Number one, that God would grant them strength. And the nice thing about this passage, okay? So let me just read this whole thing. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. And you're thinking, wait, there's, there's lots of requests going on in here. There's dwelling, there's strengthening, there's this, there's that. Well, the nice thing is, when you look at the grammar, there are three verbs in this section. And each one of the verbs is a request made by Paul to God. They're actually in what you would call the subjunctive form. And no, I did not remember what it was called. I wrote it down on my piece of paper. So he says may grant, right, that he would grant. Later on, we're going to say, may be able. And then uh, lastly in verse 19, may be filled up. But let's look at this, that God would grant them strength, that he would grant you, that he would gift to you. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that you take. It's something that he would allow you to do. So this church, what does Paul want them to do? He wants them to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. It reminds me of Jesus as he grew. Remember? Baby, child, man. In Luke 2.40, it says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So, us... Who we are, Paul wants who we are to be strengthened with God's power. And how is that going to happen? Through the means of the Holy Spirit, which conveniently, he lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When you hear that phrase... And you think of Christ dwelling in your heart. What kind of feelings, emotions crop up? Nothing? You're dead? Awkward silence? I could tell this is the high school group in here because you're not answering. The middle school would already have given me four bad answers and a half answer. What do you think? Christ dwelling in your heart. Lily, comfort, right? I mean, the Lord of lords and the King of kings residing within me. Wow. What else? Joy, right? Jesus is with me. I am with Jesus. What else, Jackson? Peace. Absolutely. And that's what he wants them to have. Every single one of these Christians, all right? Remember, there's opposition from without. There is opposition that has crept up from within. It's a difficult city. It's a difficult life. It's a difficult church. And he wants them to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit. And he wants them to remember allowing this to happen so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Why and when do we need to be strengthened? Maybe, maybe not you. Maybe someone you know. Why do we need to be strengthened? What are difficult times we come across? Wyatt? Yeah, there's people in our life that can be difficult. Uh, there's people in life, mom and dad, that have different plans than you. And so you are to honor and obey them. And so there's some challenges that go with that. I'm thinking this, they're thinking that. What else or when else would we need to be strengthened? Lily? Yeah, through temptation, right? You ever feel that, that pull, that urge? Did you know, Christian, that with every temptation, God has given you the strength and the ability to escape that temptation? You are free from sin. You never have to give in. But we give in when we're not strong enough. We give in When we are not trusting enough. Because sin is always ultimately a lack of trust in God. A lack of reliance on self and not a trust in him. So when Paul prays this for them, he knows that they're hurting. He knows that they're in need. And he doesn't want to solve all of their problems. He says, look, the the storms of this life are happening right here and right now. And I'm not going to pray that they all go away because we know that we consider it all all joy when we encounter various trials, knowing that it's the testing of our faith and it produces endurance and it grows us in Christ Jesus, right? But I am going to pray that you're going to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And this is a phrase, it's a little confusing. This might be one of those, um, some say, well, how'd you become a Christian? Well, I asked Jesus into my heart, okay? That's not what it's saying here, okay? That, that's not a biblical terminology, even though you kind of understand what they're saying. He's saying so that more and more you remember and you rely and you trust on Jesus, all right? We face temptation. We go through difficult times. Now, I want you to pause for a moment and think. Would you like it if your friends prayed this for you? You have a difficult time coming up. You're struggling with a particular sin. You're you're weak and weary or you're anxious. And imagine if your friend is over there in your corner and says, I got your back. I'm going to pray for you that God would strengthen you. It might be that you're going to share the gospel with someone and you're as nervous as nervous can be. Don't worry. I'm over here. I'm praying for you that you would have the courage and the boldness to do that. What a comforting thing. And so we're going to take a little note right there. And we're going to say, ooh, this sounds good. I should actually be praying this for my friends. Should I not? That God would grant them strength. Number two. That God would allow them to fully comprehend Christ's love. That God would allow them to fully comprehend God's love. He goes on and he writes, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, all right? So he's writing to Christians, okay? The Christians has already experienced the love of Christ. Uh, He loved us so much that he died on the cross for our sins. We, We get that and we know that. But there are times that we forget about Christ's love. All right? We look at this world. Maybe someone's being mean to you. Maybe someone's being unfair to you. Maybe someone's picking on you or whatever it might be. Maybe someone didn't invite you to something. Or maybe someone excluded you from something and you're like, oh. And we forget, oh, wait. The King of kings and Lord of lords loves me. Loves me. And instead of waving and whipping in the wind of the circumstances of our life, we are to be rooted and we are to be grounded in love. And the request comes in verse 18. May be able. To comprehend with all the saints, in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That phrase, may be able, means fully capable of doing or experiencing something. You ever had a bad attitude and your friends were all doing something really, really fun, but because you had a bad attitude, did you really enjoy it? No, right? I liken it to the old Pirates of the Caribbean when they they took the Aztec gold, and so they were all cursed. And so, when they would eat an apple, what did it taste like to them? They said, like ash in their mouth. I know that movie was a really long time ago. All right? They couldn't experience or enjoy all the things that they wanted to. All right? We need to, at all times, experience the love of Christ. We need to be reminded of the love of Christ. So he's praying that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that rooted and grounded is to supply an anchor, to supply a secure base, always realizing that if the world hates me, Christ still loves me. If things are difficult, Christ still loves me. Specifically, to comprehend. The word comprehend means to to process information. To process information, all right? Have you ever tried to teach an old person about technology? <laughs> you know where I'm going, right? The words coming out of your mouth might as well be Espanol, all right? They are not getting it. It's like talking with youth leaders and Google Docs and stuff like that. It is, just, it is just not happening, okay? We need to be able to comprehend, to process to experience, to internalize the reality that Christ loves you, that he loves you. People can treat us wrong. People can be mean and cruel, but Jesus always loves. And it's not because I'm good, it's because he is good. No matter who I am, Christ loves me because I am one of his children. He says, to comprehend with all the saints. He's like, look, I I, I pray that you would get it, right? That all the saints would understand this. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ? Now, I grew up in a, uh, you know, we kind of bounced around to a bunch of different churches before we landed at First Baptist Grapevine. And their VBS music was a little bit different than our VBS music. So we did the bubbling over, you know, bubbling over, bubbling. The Jesus loves bubbling over. Yeah, just real rich theology. And uh, we did a little Pharaoh, Pharaoh, which you guys didn't ex- get to experience Pharaoh, Pharaoh. And we did the, yeah, you did too, okay? So maybe your parents saying that to you. I don't know if we roll that out very much. Our, the, the deep and wide. Jesus' love is deep and wide. And then you go, "Mm, and, mm," and then the kids are really confused about what's happening. We need to remember that his love is deep and wide. My favorite hymn, and I always mention it to Bigelow, so he'll play it more, is the deep, deep love of Jesus. It says, oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Just think of that. A big old wave of love. You've been to the ocean before and how massive it is. The, set, the Christ love just rolling over me. Underneath me, all around me is the current of his love leading onward, leading homeward to thy glorious rest above. Beautiful, beautiful words that remind us of that. Right? There are times that the love and the comfort of a friend picks you up in a dark time. The, the love of your parents uh, helps you to, to push on. Well, even greater than the love of a friend or a love of your parents is the love of Christ. And he writes, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know, and you notice how I did that in your outline. Those are two different little subpoints, right? The to comprehend is an infinitive. And then you have another infinitive, to know. So it goes back to verse 18. So that you may be able to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. To know, to grasp the significance or the meaning of something. So that when you think of Christ on that cross and what he did for you. When Christ was being whipped When Christ was being spit on, when Christ was being hit, when those thorns were being driven into his skull, he did that out of love for you. And we got to keep that love at the forefront of our focus. And we need to be able to grasp that the love of Christ surpasses all knowledge. Another song that we sing, The Love of God, it says, could we with ink... The ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretch from sky to sky. We know the phrase Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. But we don't always grasp that, do we? We don't always realize that. You know, many times when, when youth are in high school, they, they kind of start to resent their parents a little bit. Shocker, not you. But when they go off to college and they graduate college, then they start to realize, man, they, whew, they really did love me. They really did care for me. You start to kind of grasp that a little bit more, okay? At all times, Paul is praying that god would allow them to fully comprehend christ's love and i know it's not the exact same but any of y'all have a have a pet we got any pet people in here all right any of y'all start out with like a a skittish scared pet yeah sometimes you get those pets like we got these cute little kitties and they're awesome they didn't they didn't just pop out trusting you you had to give them a little snack you had to snuggle them a little bit and they're always looking at you like are you going to squash me what's going on i'm going to run away And eventually they they come to know you and they realize that, hey, you're good to me. You're kind to me. You pet me and you give me cat food at 5 in the morning after I wake you up by biting your nose and stuff like that. They start to grasp, all right, or you go over to a friend's house and they have a dog and at first the dog barks at you. So you do the whole thing where you put your hand up, which, come on, how dumb is that? But that's what we do hoping they don't bite us and then they sniff us and then you give them a little treat and they're like, oh, you're cool, I like you. They they start to get comfortable with you. Well, Jesus always loves us. Even when we sin, he loves us. Even when we disobey him, he still loves us, Christian. He loves us. And we need to be comforted by that, the love of God. The third thing that he requests, that God would fill them up with his fullness, that God would fill him up with his fullness. And, and, and let me not forget this, too. We, we talked about praying for your friend that God would grant them strength. When your friend is going through a difficult time, how about praying for them that they would fully grasp Christ's love for them? When it comes to our last one, it says that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. May be filled up to all the fullness of God. What, is that, what does that mean? Well, a good picture of that is in Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. May it be that the God of hope takes joy and peace... And crams it in you so much that joy and peace are coming out your stinking ears. May you be filled up to the brim. So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was in uh, seminary, I I tend to, to drink a lot of coffee. And I would sit there in my class. And the way that the class works, I'm in a classroom with my classmates. There's probably like four or five. But... On one screen was the professor, but then there are other distance locations. There was one in Montana, there was one in Alaska, there was one in another place in California, and one screen was the professor, and the other screen, we, it was Zoom. You ever heard of Zoom? Yeah, I had to Zoom before Zoom was cool, all right, even though it's not cool anymore and we all hate it. The other one was the gallery of all the different locations, and we did that so we could see who was falling asleep and who wasn't and cool stuff like that. But apparently they did the same thing. And you know how you have the Zoom chat? So I would, I would be drinking my coffee and things like that. And sometimes the coffee cup would get empty. And every once in a while, Sandy would check on us. And she would walk into the room and she would see that our coffee, our coffee was empty. And she would just fill that bad boy up or she'd bring us a little cinnamon roll and all those things. And then she would scoot along her merry way and does the great things that Sandy does. What do you think those other guys thought in the other locations? They're all messaging, who is that woman? We don't get cinnamon rolls, where's my coffee? We are running low, and she just filled us up with a little bit of love of coffee and cinnamon rolls and stuff like that. There are times, all right, we're, we're going to get there, how we are to be filled with the Spirit. All right, when you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit, and it's not that... You know, you, you drink a Powerade and you're filled up with the Spirit. It's allowing the Spirit to completely control you. And when you do that, then you exude love, joy, peace, patience, and all those things, okay? When you don't have joy, let's say you're sad and you're depressed. It, it's like you're, you're not quite as full of the Holy Spirit. You're kind of suppressing His influence and His guiding in that. And so what Paul is, is praying for them, to be in God is so rich. It is so meaningful. And there's all this awesome stuff that comes along with being a Christian, but we lose sight of it. And I want God to take all of that good stuff that he has, and I want him just to cram it into you. So you are so filled up in that, and you do that because of his strength, and because of his love, so that you are then completely satisfied. You are satisfied. You see, when I am filled up with the fullness of God, I remember Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But when I diminish the Holy Spirit's influence in my life, I start thinking about, well, why don't I look like that? And why don't I get to go there? And why don't I get a car? And why don't I have a phone? And, and why can't I do those things? But we forget about the richness that comes from a right relationship with God. And that richness should give us satisfaction and should give us endurance. So when your friends are in want, when your friends are pursuing things they should not pursue, pray that the Lord would fill them up with His Spirit that the Lord would fill them up with his, his goodness and his love and his joy and patience so that they are lacking nothing. And that they are content in serving him. Our last point on our outline. I kind of cheated. Paul's respect for the father part two. Paul's respect for the father part two he he started out in respect and then he had three requests and then he wraps it up in verses 20 and 21 and he says this now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think now let that bad boy sink in for a moment We have such limited understanding. And God can do so much. But we doubt him, don't we? We forget to pray to him. Or we're too lazy to pray to him. Or we don't ask for enough. Oh, God could never save that person. Oh, yes, he could. I'm praying for my friend that they would not go after worldly pursuits but instead they would be filled up with God. He can do that and more. He can do that and more. To him who is able to far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him... Be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now Paul's asking for a lot, isn't he? He's asking for a lot for this church. And as he's asking this, he's saying, I know God can give it all to you. I know he can give it all to you. And more, I'm not going to doubt him. I'm not going to question him. I'm simply going to ask, and I'm going to let God take care of the rest of this. And God, being loving and gracious, loves to give us good gifts. And the world sees that as he's going to bolster my bank account. And God sees it as the good gift is I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to give you a comprehension of my love. I'm going to grant you power to be strengthened with what a beautiful beautiful prayer and we know the word amen is may it be let it be and what I would like for you to do as we conclude this okay I'm, I'm ending early because I want you to spend some time in prayer in your small group I want you to first realize what God can make happen for you and we think of that in kind of monetary, materialistic type of things. Or God can make me the, a basketball star. Or God can give me a car or something like that. God can grant you these things that we just talked about. Okay, anyone, Anyone? you don't have to raise your hand. Are you hurting tonight? Are you confused about life? Are, are you wrestling with your parents? Is temptation dominating you? If you repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ... You now are a new creation. You have the Holy Spirit. You have power over sin. And if you're a Christian, you can have strength. You can have a, a warmth of a comprehension of the love of Christ. You can be filled up with his fullness any time and any moment. And many times all we got to do is what? Ask. 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 Being a Christian is amazing. And it's not just because we get to go to heaven. That's a huge part. But we get this. But then secondly, I want you to pray like this for others. Pray like this for others. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, look, I, I'm not an apostle. Look, me speaky speaking the English very good. This is like high-level good stuff. Okay? So just take Paul's stuff and steal it. All right? Be like the Astros in those signs. Just steal away. All right? Sorry, I had to. I had to. And I normally don't, on your outline, I normally don't include the Scripture. But I did this time. So if you just look at the back page, all right? I first of all wanted you to see the bold underline. Those are the verbs. So those are the three requests that he's making. But I also wanted you to use this as a foundation when you go to your small group time. You can just take this here. You can, you can change things on it, all right? So for instance, I'm gonna challenge you to pray for a friend. So look at verse 16. You can say, let's say your friend, let's just throw out Wyatt, okay? You have a friend named Wyatt. You can write in, you can cross out the you. You can say that he would grant Wyatt to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner man so that Christ would dwell in Wyatt's heart through faith you get it all right that's that's one way to utilize this all right you can take the very same words people and god's not going wait i've heard that before you can take the very same words and since you know it and you understand it you can offer that up to prayer in god you also can can pray the concept of what's happening all right, you don't have to just say the words. You know that you're praying for your friend to be strengthened. So you're praying, uh, Lord, thank you so much for Hubert. I love Hubert. I know that he's going through a really different, difficult time. And I pray that you would grant him to be strengthened through your Holy Spirit. I know that, that, it, that his parents have been very difficult for him lately, but I pray that he would exemplify Christ by obeying. I know that in school that he's struggling, and I know that there's people making fun of him because he loves you, but I pray that you would give him power so that he can fight off temptation and he can be strengthened in you, okay? And so that's kind of the next level of it where I simply, for Hubert, whoever he is, all right, and if your name's Hubert here, it's for you, um, I, I took the foundation, but then I added upon it. So I would like for you to take some time spending for, uh, praying for one friend, for one family member and for one unbeliever that you would like to share with. And think of this for, let's say your dad, you feel your dad's being unreasonable. So you pray and say, Lord, I know my responsibility is to honor and obey my father. And I will because you have commanded it. And I will because I love my dad. And I will because I know it's the best thing. But I pray for my father that he would be strengthened. I pray that at all times he would comprehend your love and he would make decisions based off of that love that you have given to him, all right? And so sometimes we, we view a family member, a sibling, as the enemy and we forget that we should be praying for them. Not that you get what you want and they are wrong, but that they would follow after the Lord closely. And now I know what you say the last one that's a little weird, right, is, is praying for um, the unbeliever okay we're praying for the unbeliever with that you are praying for someone that they would realize that they get this as a christian i pray that they would come to know christ not simply to get out of hell but that they would do it so that they would reap the benefits of being strengthened of knowing your love and all of those things okay okay so that's the assignment for you. You can take that with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna close this in prayer. Uh, we have a closing song. I have a few quick announcements and then we're gonna send you along your way, all right? Let's pray. Lord God, we love you so much. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness. Pray that we would trust you in all things knowing that you are a faithful God. What a, a fantastic prayer this is, inspired by you and recorded by the Apostle Paul and may we benefit from it in our own lives. It's your son's name we pray, amen.